Okay, so um, welcome to Ahmad and Nicole. We're here for this podcast. And um, this the theme of this co- podcast is to talk about cultural inside outside so a cultural insider outsider and this is one of the themes that mm-hmm. came up from the photo voice workshops mm-hmm. and and this is what we're going to have a conversation about so first of all can i just ask you um for those listening how do you identify nicole oh um i'm black um i'm a woman um i would say i have a disability um i would identify as queer but <clears throat> i also think it's important for women to um take over the title of lesbian because there isn't as much visibility um mm-hmm. around that um yeah thank you Ahmad? um i uh my name's ahmed i identify as a gay man um, as an Asian, uh, specifically, I, I would consider myself Malay. Um, I identify as you know, some parts of my heritage as a Muslim. Um, I'd say, I, I mean, I, I, I sort of have, I grew up in Australia, so I'm Australian. I don't know, I'm a bit of an uncomfortable relationship with that, but I think that's a part of my identity as well. Um, yeah. Thank you. And it just it just it just reinforces, doesn't it, that we don't have a singular identity. We we're yeah. just like we have multiple identities and sometimes we get pigeonholed into being a, a particular identity, yep. but mm-hmm. that's a, a myth, isn't it? So so just um how did this theme come about in terms of the workshop? I mean, what does this theme mean to you? Cultural insider outsider? I think for myself it kind of came from the whole idea of the workshop as queer people of color Mm. where do we fit into gay culture or like lgbt culture queer culture and i thought for myself there was always an element of 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 performing a culture like what what is who am i what is my culture what do i bring um and it almost felt when i was younger it was you pick a costume you know Mm. this is my gay life then when I go back to my family, this is my Malay Muslim culture. And for me, that's, I think, how the theme resonates, that the inside out, um, what do you think, Nicole? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think if you come, like, specifically the country we're in, um, it's, there's very much a big thing about um, Britain, about Britishness, you know, you're, you are allowed to have your own culture, but it has to be like the British version of that culture. You become like my family's from Guyana, you become a British guy, Guyanese person rather than a Guyanese person. Um, I guess Ahmed's from Australia. Mm, yep. So you become, you know, you become like an Australian who's now British. You have to like accommodate yeah. to, that culture and there wasn't much space to just um like define yourself by your previous culture because britishness is very much about like not you have to assimilate but there are very strict like ideologies around what britishness is um and i think when you are a person of color when you are a queer person of color you're always within that experience but without it because unfortunately the archetypal version of Britishness does not include queerness. Um, there is no form of 
Britishness that is dominant that says, you know, the queer community is a valid part of that experience. Um, and I think that happens with anyone who is of a different nationality to, or of a different heritage to being um, white British. Mm. But I think it's more so when you're queer because you have all these other um, other sort of issues with Britishness that you have mm. to contend with. Mm. Um, I think a big thing, you know, the fact that the AIDS crisis isn't seen as a major pandemic when actually it's it's likened to Corona for the queer community. Mm. But um, you know, when you when you take on the role or the identity of Britishness, you do have to contend with how British society has dealt with queerness, mm. specifically for people of colour, because we know in our home countries, homophobia and all these laws that are very much against against the LGBT plus mm, community mm. comes from colonialisation mm. um, and before then we didn't have mm. those problems so, so you've yeah. both talked quite a lot about being an outsider mm. Yeah. so what does it mean to be for you to be a cultural insider where's that tension <laughs> where's that tension there um, I think does it, I think for me, being in a cultural inside means it's, it's like a sense of belonging, right? Mm. If you belong to a certain culture, whatever that is. And I think the tension comes from when you don't fit what are sort of the stipulated rules for being part of a culture. And I think, on, I don't know, I feel like in to be Malay is to be Muslim. I think mm. there's such a, uh, at the moment, I don't know if it was always this way, but there's such a fundamental clash between being queer and being Muslim, at least for my family and my sort mm. of my community. So when you, then you're on the, you're out, right? And then there's another sort of culture, which, you know, sort of exists a bit sort of, I don't know, sort of a queer white culture in Britain and in Australia and wherever, wherever we happen to be, where in order to be in that inn, there's almost like another set of rules that you have to learn on the fly and are you ever truly in sometimes like mm. do you do you match you know the whatever the the whatever's valued you know whether it's the aesthetics or whether it's the uh, valued you know activities people do together whether you don't actually identify with any mm. of that um so it's kind of i don't know i feel like as queer people of color it's not in or out it's in that sort of gray space somewhere and I've been thinking about it recently. I don't know mm. what what is culture. You know what what is it? You know I don't know what it is. It's kind of I feel like it benefits certain people to act as though it's it's a solid thing. You mm. know that you, that there was never any you know gay Muslims for example. Like there there was never any I don't know that that queer liberation is, was a white thing. You know something like that. And it's kind of I don't know. But I feel like the truth is somewhere out there in the gray area that. It's worth exploring that. Mm. I think of like to be, what's the feeling of being culturally in? It's like to be, to be nurtured and to be nourished by something, you know? Okay. Yeah. Do you find that nurturing and being nourished, for example, in the queer community as you're living in it in London? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. 100%. I think it's kind of, I guess of all, like, despite when thinking about, you know, how we might say, like, this conflict between being a person of colour in a queer community that's in a white society, 
in a white society. I think like there's definitely been nourishing, there's definitely been nurturing, you know, just to be yourself, just to kind of be authentic, mm. whatever that means. Um, yeah, I'd say so, but there's kind of that conflict of like, our families nourished us and nurtured us to become who we are. Mm. And there's no denying that. So how do we, how do we kind of, how do we bring those together? Mm. What about you, Nicole, in terms of the queer community and feeling on the inside, on the outside? Um, I think it's a strange one for me. So um, I used to live in Brighton and um, I wasn't really out then. I didn't really know where I was. Um, but I still navigated a lot of queer spaces and Brighton is basically the home of queerness. You know, it's like the most outrage, you can be the most out there queer that you can possibly be. Um, but it was very white mm -hmm. and a little bit alienating because it was kind of as, as if it was like, you're meant to be too out there. And if you didn't know, it was kind of like, how can you not know you're in this space? Um, you know, you're in Brighton, like it's a bit like shocking not to know. Um, and I think there's also other issues. There's a lot of, um, there's quite a big drug problem there and sort of um, addiction issues. So you can feel very much you have to partake in that sort of experience. Um, then coming to London and kind of finding, finding myself and things. Um, I do feel within it, but still outside because my journey towards it was very different. Mm. Um, I think it's still very white dominated, even though people are more sympathetic towards issues for people of color, um, specifically, uh, no offense, but as a woman, <laughs> as a black woman, um, those issues can feel a lot more intense. Um, and there's not as many spaces or people that can have that conversation without feeling attacked. Mm. Um, and that's mainly the, the main, the reasons when I feel outside of it. Mm. But I think as well, you know, um, to live in London and to be able to be so out in the community is a beautiful thing. Mm. And that does make me feel within it. You know, when I'm on the bus and I see a coffee shop that has like a flag and I'm like, yeah, I feel very much within it. Yes. And I'm grateful that there aren't any spaces in London that I can go to and very much feel like, oh, damn, like I am an outsider. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, I do feel there isn't. Yeah, there isn't a space in London where I feel so outside. And I know people that have come from other spaces across the country or other countries that can say, you know, like I do not feel inside the mm. community because it's such a hostile environment. Mm. Um, so just staying with that, it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting. You both had very positive views of the queer, the queer community, whatever that is, however that manifests. But have either of you ever faced racism or discrimination within the queer community? You know how kind of so much of the racism is so, it's like that subtle stuff that, you know, is so difficult to put a finger on. It's kind of like mm. I can have, you know, I can... Share, share like you know outright racism mm. that I've experienced but it's kind of more I feel so I don't know a little, little sort of insidious stuff here and there that kind of gets to you over time um, 
I don't know, just that sense of, you know, racial hierarchy, you know, sexual racial hierarchy, the whole okay. white supremacy around, you know, aesthetics. And it's kind of like, oh, okay. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by the racial hier- sexual hierarchy. So what what is that? I'd say, especially for gay men, I can't mm. comment on women. It's kind of like if you're certain, if you're white, I think there's definitely a premium on your beauty compared mm. to other races. Um, and I think that's just a direct legacy of white supremacy. Like I think, mm. like whatever features might be, if you're black or if you're Asian or if you, you know anything else, um, it's just that sense that it's definitely not valued or it's different and and i think and undesirable essentially mm. i think that gets to you over time mm. um, and have you bumped into that say i don't know on the dating scene on yeah, dating apps yeah and, definitely i'd say mm. yeah it, it's it's much less it's much less overt than it used to be i think maybe australia is a bit i think it's a bit more racist place you used to definitely see no Asians uh, on dating apps, but I think I saw it once in London. I was really shocked by it. I was like, I can't believe this in like 2020, 2021, that it was kind of that. Mm. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like just, yeah. But it's kind of choose your battles, I guess. Like some things aren't worth kind of wasting energy on, but it does affect you. Yeah. Because it's layers, isn't it? It's layers and layers, and eventually mm. those layers become really heavy. Mm. What about you, Nicole? Have you experienced racism or discrimination in the queer community? Uh, n- never overt, very subtle things. Um, I don't like. I don't really go to a club in sphere that much. I think, like, not that that's a space that's conductive for that. I just assume that when you know you have alcohol, you know you're not on your best self. Like things can come out. Um, so I haven't. I feel like I'm grateful that I haven't had overt stuff. Um, most of the places I go is very arts based, but I think there's a lot of racial issues in the arts community anyway, historically. Um, so it's more subtle things. Mm. Um, you certainly notice. Um, the sort of art that's being shown isn't from people of colour as much and um, those of colour don't get as much praise for their contribution as, say, their white counterparts. Um, But I think some of the spaces that I've been in have been very good at um, balancing out that, working about unbalanced, balancing that um, juxtaposition. Um, But it's still very subtle, but Mm. yeah. But I suppose making that distinction between whether something's over or not over, mm. it, it's still racism, isn't it? It's still for sure. It's. I mean, mm-hmm. I think people. I think we've moved to a. Well, maybe not because you know people are generally um, cleverer than just saying calling you those mm. names and and putting signs up saying no blacks, no dogs, no I. You know, people mm. are, don't mm. do that kind of racism. They don't perform that. But there's mm. all the microaggressions is what is what you're actually talking about, isn't mm. it? I mean, do you think that there is a, as a need for a specific space for queer people of colour because of some of those issues? Um, yeah, so on Friday I went to a really um, lovely event um, held by Misery and Arts Admin. Um, and it was an event on like how to change the world from an ecological 
crisis perspective, but also for people of colour. Um, and it's a very queer affirming space. Um, and I think that was quite beautiful because it was it wasn't just workshops about like our otherness as people of colour, but it was also about our connection to the environment. And I think they're very inherent you know, because we're all stripped from our homelands. Um, and that was a really beautiful space. And everyone there was saying, you know, how lovely it is to be in a queer affirming space mm. and to be of colour and to talk about issues that are quite prevalent to us. Mm. You know, we're lucky we live in the um, global north, where but the ecological crisis is affecting those in the global south mm. more. And obviously, as people of colour, that's where most of us are from. Um, so it was a brilliant space to intersect with all these issues. Um, and I do think it's important to have those spaces because <clears throat> unfortunately there aren't many spaces that really does deal with the intersection of our existence. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. What about you? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I, I would, I would, I'd love to experience more of these spaces. This is partly why I sort of joined this, this thing with, with everyone here, just to meet other queer people of colour and I think just to just to be in a space where you aren't defined by your race like where you can just be who you are yeah um yeah so what was your experience of photo voice in that respect so you know we all did come together didn't yeah. we and spend I, some nice saturdays i thought it was great whenever i was there it was kind of it was you just felt like you didn't have to explain certain things mm. right? you just didn't have to kind of you know, oh, by the way, X, Y, Z, it's kind of like, this is our experience. Yeah, I totally get you. I know this. We've lived this our whole lives. We don't really have mm -hmm. to kind of explain the whole backstory. Wherever you have friends who are white, even if they're like the most, you know, most sincere ally, mm -hmm. I feel like there's like a certain block because mm. you've not lived it. Um, so just to feel seen, to feel heard, and just it's, I think it's not, it's almost like it might seem from the outside that you're trying to segregate yourself even more, but really it's just to be a person um, in a space without that kind of, you know, white gaze, like an external gaze. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know if it would be about segregation, isn't it about, well, for me, it's more about finding those spaces where you can get solidarity. Yeah, I know. But it's from the outside, you know, people say, oh, why are you making another separate space? You know, those, those kinds of arguments. Yeah. But yeah, I agree, totally agree with you. It's kind of finding similar people, having solidarity with them. Um, yeah. Yeah, and with solidarity comes support, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. and, and and with support comes that kind of connection that we're all saying that we really value. Mm. Yeah. You know, the authentic mm. connection that we have with people. So, I mean, in terms of, I'm just quite interested in terms of, I don't know, fitting in to the queer community. Have you ever had to code switch in order to not assimilate but to kind of when you know that there's going to be discrimination coming or there's going to be some pushback on what you want to say or how you want to look you code switch so you kind of fit in and you divert or you deflect the inevitable <laughs> that's my words not your words um i feel like if i because i live in in east london right if i go mm -hmm. to any kind of gay bar i might not code switch but i would definitely psychologically defense like the moment you step in like you want to go in you want to have fun you want to meet someone you know have a good time but the moment you step in well, at least me i'm immediately psychologically aware i am the only asian person yes. in this room yeah. 
and it's kind of it's not it's not a, a code switch in terms of just like like oh god and it's hard to connect because you've got already got that wall up um i understand that is kind of in me yes as well right i have every power to kind of let that go and connect with people um but i think you know it's just it um it's not all in my head it it definitely isn't. It's yeah. not. Absolutely yeah. not. What about you, Nicole? Um, I guess not necessarily code switch, but I think um, as a black woman, your like journey to queerness and to um, identifying yourself on the LGBT spectrum is very different, um, specifically when it comes to lesbianism. Um, and certainly it's not as um easy um <laughs> and easy is um, not the right word but i know from a lot of the other sort of young lesbians that i know who aren't of color specifically aren't black women um their journey is much less turbulent um <laughs> and <laughs> i'm laughing because it's not really a thing i think that just comes from like blackness in general um not that that's a bad thing just you know there's a lot of um interrelating aspects of blackness that we haven't been able to come at peace with because of how society is but certainly in that respect you know if i tell a story about my journey it's a bit like oh like why did that happen? I don't get how that can happen to you. And you're a bit like, well, of course you don't, because <laughs> like you don't have this experience in the world, you know? And there have been certain spaces, not specifically in the queer community, but where, you know, I've been with um, some of, of my friends who are white and, you know, they're noticeably butch and people have, um, they're, they're fine. And then it comes to me and it's like, oh, and there's this sort of subtle, like, uncomfortableness. Mm. And to really explain that to someone else is a bit like, well, you know, they can't because they're okay with me. And then you have to be like, yeah, but you, society really hasn't learned how to contend with the idea that, like, black people can be gay mm. or black people can be bi, black people can be trans. It doesn't, like, the identities do not compute with each other, and that's very much societal. Um but certainly in some queer spaces, I have found that to be a bit of an issue. And also, you know, sometimes when I'm in queer spaces, it does feel like, you know, I'm a bit like a pig at a pig show, you know, like I'm on the show because it's like, oh my God, like, you know, this is black girl. She's a lesbian. Like, we really need more of these people here. And you're like, okay, cool. But like, why does it have to be me? Or, you know, and it's just like, oh, you know, and they're really like, oh my God, like, this is so great. And it comes from a good place. But at the same time, it's a bit like, like, come on, like, you know, leave me alone a bit. Yeah. Or, you know, you go to like an event and you get a lot of, ten of attention. And I know when you're young, you know, you're supposed to like attention, but like, I'm sorry, like, I don't like attention just for the sake of attention. Like, you know, like, it's just like, you know, you walk into a room and everyone stops and just stares at you and oh, suddenly, yes. you know, like, you know, whether it's from flattery, whether it's because, you know, they like you or they want to like get to know you, like you just don't know, but it's a lot of attention sometimes and you stick out. So I'm a bit like, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and that speaks to that being hyper visible yep. in some 
contexts yeah. and yet you're totally invisible in other contexts. For sure. And that isn't just about being on the queer community, it's no. the queer scene. I've, I've just been away for a few days in a very white area in north of England, mm. me and my dog. And it's the same thing. You go mm. to, you know, I take myself to a pub. I like pubs, you know, I like to have a pint. Yeah. And actually walking in over the threshold mm-hmm. of a pub yeah. in, a pl- in a country that I've born in and mm. brought yeah. up in mm. and people stop and just look at you yeah. mm. is now in my younger days that would be a fight mm. as I've as I'm now an elder mm. I, I, I don't any longer want to be you know be involved in that kind of hostility mm-hmm. that is directed towards my personhood for sure and it's becomes very difficult doesn't it so I mean if you were gonna change one thing what one thing would you change in order to make a difference to how you live your life in in terms of this being the cultural insider outsider thing what would it take <laughs> I don't know I don't know one thing is uh, <laughs> yeah I was gonna say maybe two things, things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um Maybe just a bit more of an overlap between the cultural in and the cultural out, you know? Mm. At the moment in my life, I see them as so separate. Mm. Um, It'd be, you know, imagine like I brought my mom to like a queer bar, for example, like a hijab wearing, you know, a Muslim woman to like a bar and shared that part of my life with her. Mm. And I kind of... To me, that's like a complete fantasy. Like, I just cannot ever imagine that. But I do kind of feel sad. I think that's kind of, you're you're this person who raised me and nurtured me my entire life. And there's so many parts of me that come from you. But then there's an entire part of my life that you are not privy to at all. And you have no idea. Mm. And it's kind of, aren't you curious? Like, I feel like if I raised a child, I'd be so curious to know what well, who are you like what what do you value what is this mm. and it's kind of that maybe if people were just more curious i think or just had a bit more you know non-judgmental curiosity about 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 other people um whether they were queer or not mm. or yeah okay maybe that yeah okay thank you what about you nicole i don't know um what was the question what would they yeah what, what what one thing would it take to kind of maybe change that dynamic within myself or outside however you want to interpret it um oh i don't know um i actually don't know um i think if it was within myself i think a lot of like internal like what's the word a lot of internal issues come from like like you were saying about the like disconnect between like where you've come from and where you are mm-hmm. um, specifically like in the family dynamic I think if I was gonna sort out that cultural like within outside a feeling I would have to like reconcile you know my um, personal issues with my family I guess to do with like you know sexuality and things and be as out as I possibly can in that spectrum but that's not always as easy as it seems um in society I think you know if I was trying to reconcile that sort of cultural within without um I don't know how I would do that because I guess a lot of that comes from the Britishness of our world and I hate to like blame Britishness but it is 
again, it's very binary. Um, it's very much, you know, this is what it is to be British, this is what it isn't. And I guess in some senses you do have to assimilate and mm. kind of distance yourself from your old sort of culture ways of being to be seen as having value. Um, I mean, I guess actively, I guess I would just try and um, put myself in positions where I can go to more events or experience more spaces with mm. other people of colour to share in that experience of the within without, um, just so you get comfortable with it. Because yeah. I don't, I don't know whether it will ever change, and I don't want to be pessimistic. Like it's not that I don't want it to change. It's just I think inherently our existence is to be within and without, and um, I do think there's power in that because mm. when you're within and without something, you can see the problems, but you can also see how to change them. Um, Fantastic. So yeah. And again, you're both speaking something about connection and, yeah. and having an authentic connection. Okay, and I think that's about it in terms of the time. Thank you both so much for coming Thank you, Thank and you. for just being a part of this podcast and just being so honest and authentic, genuine in what you've had to share with us. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you.